Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, it was a split decision for the Cougars last week. Now comes a huge weekend on the road with BYU bound for the Bay Area. And we're talking about it next as BYU Basketball with Mark Pope starts now. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And from the BYU TV studios in Provo, Utah, we welcome you to another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, your weekly peek inside the Cougar basketball program. We have a fun hour planned for you tonight. We're glad you're along with us. Good to have you. Coming up on this evening's broadcast, we'll review last week's games against San Diego and Gonzaga. And we'll preview, look ahead to the week ahead with road games at Pacific and San Francisco. Jake Toulson will take us inside the film room. And we'll go inside BYU Hoops with a look at a Marriott Center courtside tradition. This week's edition of Deep Blue Profiles assistant coach Chris Burgess will visit live in studio with Colby Lee. And we'll ask the weekly question, what happened? To get tonight's show on the road, let's say hello to head coach Mark Pope. Hello, head coach Mark Pope. Thank you. <laughs> so another week of, of like adverse. I've got to get some off my okay, chest. Okay, sure. Okay, is that all right? You yeah, know, please. It's kind of the way you roll at the start of the so show. We've been doing, we've been doing, what are we doing, four or five shows? Or six or, or five, whatever. Something. Sure. And yeah. so sometimes I can be somewhat verbose and loquacious, right? <laughs> And so I'm driving Julian nuts, okay? So we're back actually doing makeup before the show, and Jerem Jordan, the producer, is like, hey, you're not, you're not paying attention to Julian when he's doing this. Like, he's standing right here in front of us doing this. And I'm like, oh, I think Julian's telling me to keep going, man. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Apparently that means to wrap it up. Yeah, so, in, Julian, in, in my TV, apologies, in... my friend. I, I got it now. I'm a newbie. In the TV world, yeah, this is wrap it. But you don't need to wrap it. Almost almost hardly never need to wrap it. (laughs) That's it. Julian's giving me this. Cut. Let's go. (laughs) That's a cut. Uh, So uh, you you lost another player last week due to injury. Let's stop doing that. Uh, They say... say, say These balls. They're so hard. Can they make the balls softer? That's what's happening. Uh, They say time waits for no man. Uh, league play waits for no man. You got to keep playing league games, no matter how many guys you got available, and you guys are grinding right now. They are, and uh, and the guys are, you know, listen, uh, mixed bag last week. Unbelievable effort against San Diego. Really tough night against uh, Gonzaga. But the one thing about it is everybody that's jumped on board to appreciate this team this year, I'm excited for them and for all of us because these guys every night are putting their whole heart and soul on the floor. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, if you had walked in our locker room um, after the, the um, Gonzaga game and, and taking a look at this Zach Sellius, just look in his face after he's literally, I mean, been beaten to a pulp. Uh, and it's just given everything he has. It's inspiring. And um, when you do that, when you give everything you have to this game, it rewards you in the long run. These guys are going to be rewarded, and they have been so far, and they're going to continue to be rewarded with their, with their great commitment to the game. Let's take a look back at last week's uh, two games, the stats and highlights presented by Intermountain Healthcare. First game of the week was BYU home to San Diego at the Marriott Center. Cougars off to a tremendous start, a 6 nothing start to open the game. Hey, San Diego answered well and got right back in it. San Diego's a good team. They're dangerous. They're young. Uh, they had some guys step up and really make some buckets early. Um, it was a great night for us. It was, it was a terrific game on, on both ends of the floor. Dalton Nixon driving, dunking. And this he's, thing was a back and forth He's early. jealous because TJ's getting all the dunks. So Dalton's like, let me get in on this. <laughs> and you know we have this new Dunk on Cancer program. So every dunk, we have sponsors now that are sponsoring $3,000 for every single dunk 
of the regular seasons to go towards the Simmons Center, the BYU Simmons Center, which is which is uh, scholarshiping students to go do special work fighting cancer. It's Another reason amazing. we have to get Yoli back in there to get some more dunks. Yes, we uh, on do. The board. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> so uh, this San Diego game approaches halftime. And yes, Hartfield had a half, didn't he? Oh yeah, he did. He really had a half. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good player, and and he really put on a show in the first half for San Diego. TJ with a couple of killer crossovers, the last one behind the back, and uh, BYU took a nice lead at the break, 48-36. to 36. We had the second half play now, and Kobe Lee getting in, uh, getting in some work down low. I mean, that's impressive. First of all, the catch is so impressive. And then the balance to put it down one time and span and go over his right shoulder really quick. He just, he, he had a big-time game for us. The guys lived a lot in transition, uh, made great plays in transition, pass aheads. We love transition threes. It's our favorite shot in the game, and uh, it's something we're, we're working to get more of. Half court three, Kobe Lee. Kobe, <laughs> let's go. He said, hey, I think Coach is going to sub me out soon. Let me get one more bucket in. <laughs> Kobe shooting, I don't know, he shoots 60% from the three-point line. He's at 50 right now, 5 yeah. for 10. Yeah, not bad for a big. And so BYU is a winner over San Diego. Treros have never won a game in Provo. Uh, still looking for their first Marriott Center win. Hope they have to wait a little while longer. Uh, they opened up 0-5 in league, as you see there. But they did turn around on the weekend, go get themselves a nice, a nice W to get that first uh, league win. Yeah, and they'll win some more games. Um, you know, as long as coach can keep them together and keep them fighting, they're, they're getting better. And, and uh, they have some dangerous scores and, and some physicality and size inside. So they have a good mix of players that can win some games. And this was a game that saw you go down eight early. Now, eight not, may not seem like a lot, but that's your largest deficit overcome in a win this year. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's this league. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing in this league. It's going to be the hardest game you played. And and um, and it was no different for San Diego. Uh, our guys approached the game really well. Uh, you know, um, had prepared well and and then fought through a little bit of adversity and and got to the fight really quick and and uh, had a great game. There was a timeout uh, during the San Diego game when I was I was watching the huddle and I saw the guys in the polos and the golf shirts and I realized that's a pretty good basketball team. It was Yoli and it was Gavin and it was Trevin and it was Rich and and Wyatt and Jesse and I was like that's a pretty good team. It's just sitting there in, in street clothes. You know, it's it's a it's a it's if you use it, it's a it's an amazing experience. I sat out one year uh, when I transferred from University of Washington in Kentucky. I sat out a year, and I learned as much about the game in that year as I did any year when I was playing. It's from a different perspective, and Yoli's taking advantage of that in his time out this year, and he's really kind of grown his IQ and approach and understanding of his teammates and how he goes to the game. And, and Wyatt and Rich are two guys that are uh, trying to take full advantage. They're doing extra workouts every single day. Uh, they're really have been great teammates, and then and then you see them trying to take in. Like we talk talk to Wyatt Lowell every day. I'm putting the challenge out publicly. If he will come and play as hard as Zach Selyus plays, the dude's going to be an All Conference player and probably be an All American before it's all said and done. And he gets to watch how Zach approaches the game and how Dalton approaches the game and the little things that they do are so special, and how they pay off and wins and gets to do it without the pressure of having to perform in the moment. Uh, so these guys are these these younger guys are getting an unbelievable education from these vets that are playing right now. Their time will come. So after the San Diego game, uh, you guys get a, get a, a good night's sleep, and then it was right on. It was right off to Spokane the next day. This is BYU and Gonzaga, the number one team in the country last weekend, and uh, Colby Lee early puts BYU in front by four. Yeah, you know we knew this was going to be a really really tough matchup inside, and Kobe was completely unfazed. Uh, the guys got great movement uh, early in the game. 
Uh, Gonzaga tried to, uh, to Aggie us a little bit. It's a different way to guard the action that we do and, and kind of had some miscommunications. Gave us a couple, couple early buckets. And, uh, you know, we, we, we got a little sticky and ended up uh, down 10 or 11 nearing half and then made a, a nice run in the last three and a half minutes to kind of to kind of put us back in the ball game. It was 38-31, maybe 38-34 if this goes from Connor and no. So it is a seven-point game at the break. And then early in the second half, the door kind of opened a little bit in a six-point game when it got to six, and it never really got too much closer than that. Yeah, we were, we were stuck at six for like four possessions on both sides, and we got good looks. Kobe got a look from the top. TJ got a look from the corner. Dog got a look from the corner. All threes that just didn't go down. And, and then that stalemate ended up with Gonzaga getting a corner three in transition from, from 24. And, and, uh, and, and we just, like, the guys battled the whole time. We just couldn't close that gap. Cougars tried to hang and did for about 30 of the 40. Gonzaga pulls away at the end for a 23-point decision. Final score, 92-69. to 69. Uh, Mark Few after the game, and it's interesting because they dropped actually from number one to number two in the AP poll, but he said that in last week's games, they were home on Thursday and home on... He said, we played like a number one team on Thursday. We played like a number one team on Saturday. And Saturday, we had to beat a really, really good offensive team. He said, holding BYU to 69 is no mean feat. He really thought that you guys... Uh, played well, they just played better. Yeah, they're a good team, uh, you know, and it's, it's thrown down the gauntlet. I mean, we have a lot of work to do Thursday and Saturday in the coming weeks, but in the back of our minds also, um, we know that we have, to, we have to make up this gap here in the next six weeks uh, before we see them again for the second time, and, and we got to win a lot of games along the way, and, and uh, you know, that's it. We're, we're, we're chasing number one. That's what we're chasing, and, and that's where you want to be. So uh, we got our work cut out for us, and we're excited about it. Yoli Child's not in uniform for the San Diego game, but he was dressed and did warm up before the game in Spokane, but didn't get in the game. Clearly, he's getting closer, though, right? He's getting closer. He actually practiced for the first time today, uh, was in some actually live contact drills a day. And uh, so we'll see how we go through the next few days. Um, We're proceeding cautiously just because we need him to be healthy. Like, I can't have him have a setback here where, you know, he misses more games and uh, he's unbelievably anxious. Uh, he put on his uniform and was staring at me the whole half at Gonzaga. <laughs> uh, and so he, I'm sure he's not really happy with me, but um, this is a pretty traumatic injury that's still healing. And, and uh, clearly he, he has a big impact on our team and makes our ceiling way higher. So we got to get him back healthy. Presuming no setbacks, that is he has a good work week and nothing bad happens before Thursday night. Could we see his return in Stockton? Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, that's what we're hoping for. Um, I, I think there's a chance at that, and, and we'll see. We'll see moving forward. Okay. Uh, Gonzaga's already opened up now. We had a two-and-a-half game lead over second place in the West Coast Conference. But behind the Zags are five teams, including BYU. Yes, it is a five-way tie for second place. The tie won't last long. Uh, most of those teams play each other at some point this weekend. BYU plays, as we know, both Pacific and San Francisco. So things will begin to uh, uh, separate a little bit. But that said... Uh, I think you might have mentioned the word parity, and, and we're seeing some of it early on here in the WCC. It's amazing. You have six teams that have 14 wins already in the season. Uh, six teams with 14 and six or better records. That, that's unbelievable. Um, and it just speaks to the depth of the league and how competitive it is.
three top 50 teams in the net with uh, Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's going 1-2-3 in that respect. Now, the weekend loss to Gonzaga, not terribly damaging to BYU's resume in the NCAA because uh, the Zags are so good and BYU's schedule has been so strong and the metrics were still good from the weekend. The postseason portfolio uh, shaping up well as the Cougs uh, near the halfway point here in, in league play coach. And you know the ones that count. You see them all there on the right-hand side of the screen. Those are the main numbers the NCAA looks at. The strength of schedule number at the bottom is solid, too. So you're, again, in the mix. I've, I've always been a huge fan of this Ken Pomeroy. I think he's a genius. <laughs> he might be the smartest guy in basketball. And he could be watching. He's got, he's got us yeah. at 29, so yeah. that's why I'm going with him. <laughs> Well, the numbers are legit, though, right? You can't make you you can't just uh, wish yourself into a high metric. At this point in the season, uh, you know, you, like you, everyone's had a chance to see everybody, and you have a, a large body of work to kind of be judged on, and and you've seen everybody's schedule play out, and so it's all relative. So, you know, I think we're solidly where we are right now, and our, and our goal is to keep climbing, and and to do that, we have to win and we have to play great. And our guys are working on that. All right, let's go for some uh, screen time now, as the kids will say. We'll check out some video clips from recent contests, assisted by our own Jerem Jordan. And tonight, senior guard Jake Toulson and Jerem take us inside the film room. All right, Jake, certainly not the result you wanted, but let's walk through a, a play here from Gonzaga. I really like what you do with the ball, but when people watch you away from the ball, that's where the real action is. So walk me through this slip here for a layup. All right, so we're just in our basic uh, half-court offense week, and I'm going back door uh, to cut through to the other side. I think Gonzaga gets confused a little bit. Kisper is trying to switch out on the AB, and the other guy was supposed to stay with me, but I just slipped to the basket and got an easy layup. And sometimes fans may not see the nuances of, say, the, the screens, and the dribble handoffs and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But this is a variation that if it's defended a certain way, you guys will uh, attack it a certain way, right? Yeah, I mean, it's important to read the defense and to know what uh, they're trying to do. Um, we have a bunch of different reads and cuts that we can do out of that. Three-point shooting, we'll go back to Thursday. Uh, this team is top 10 in the country, shooting about 40%. You're shooting 44%. Um, and it doesn't matter where it comes, uh, half court or in this case in transition. Yeah, so I mean, I got the outlet pass and dribbled it up. I saw the guy was had his you know feet behind the line with his hands down, so I just pulled up and shot it. Hands down, man down, right? Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> okay, in the Portland and San Diego games, you have 15 assists and zero turnovers. How proud of that were you? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess that's pretty cool. I'm just. You guess it's pretty cool? I don't know. I mean, the 15 to zero is not exactly like. The amount isn't what I care about. It's just taking care of the ball and making the right play. So so the zero you're proud of then? Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. But, no, I just try to make the right play every time. And uh, i got guys that can make shots, so it's pretty easy if you take care of it. Okay, and this next play, I know it was a long time ago. It was your freshman year. Mm -hmm. You were known for this thing. It went viral, you dancing there. Tell me about that kid versus the guy sitting next to me now. Let's just take a moment to appreciate the dance real quick. <laughs> Run that back. You see. What, what is that, by the way? You know, I wish I could tell you what it was, but it's just kind of, I saw the ball going up. I knew Skyler was going to make it, so I just kind of got up and did a little something. So I can't, I can't reenact it, and it doesn't have a name, but it's pretty legendary, in my opinion. Are you hoping you're not known for that and you're known for your game this year? Because I think people have moved on, but they do remember that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fun to look back at and, and see kind of 
uh, where I was then. And now fast forward, um, I'm in that position to where we, we have a lot of seniors and um, you know, we have a chance to do something this year. So I, I, it's, it's funny to look back and see you know, how, how far that you know, I've come and, and just to reflect on my experience here the first time. Okay, well, good luck at Pacific Thursday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jake. So, so now we're at the point where Jake's the guy that shoots it, and the guys on the bench know what's going in. They start dancing. That's, right. That's yeah. exactly right. It's pretty cool. And, you, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but just watching Jake's growth from where he was to where he's come has been, has been incredibly epic and uh, so proud of him. And the fact that he's claiming the zero, man, we need to call him the big zero from now on. Big zero. <laughs> That's right. No turnovers. No turnovers. That was pretty rem- remarkable, the nice string. At the same time, TJ was doing much of the same thing. It was a great Bless. stretch. All right, uh, for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Weekdays, noon Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tomorrow, the guys preview the running back group for next football season. When we come back, we'll preview the big weekend road ahead. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. The BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And by Intermountain Healthcare. Healing for life. Let's get you your weekly broadcast schedule. It starts with the Cougars traveling to Stockton. BYU at Pacific. Thursday, 10 Eastern. 7 Pacific. 8 Mountain on Stadium and BYU Radio. Then the Cougs uh, will travel toward the coast to San Francisco. Take on the Dons to matinee. BYU at USF. 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific, 3 Mountain Time. Again, on Stadium and BYU Radio. You know, if you watch or listen closely enough to games played at the Marriott Center, you will notice that a sound moves through the crowd after every made BYU free throw. For more on that and the high-level response to that sound, we go inside BYU Hoops. The whoosh, Kevin, I honestly have no idea where it came from. Uh, All I know is that we want to hear as much as possible because it means we're making free throws. I think it started with, you know, President Samuelson, and it's carried on with uh, with President Worthen. I don't have any understanding of Woosh Kevin. What is Woosh Kevin? The thing is from the students. When we make a free throw, the students yell Woosh and then point at Kevin. Yeah. I remember there used to be an ice cream for Woosh Cecil. No understanding of Woosh Kevin. Is there an ice cream for Woosh Kevin? My understanding of Woosh Kevin is I have no idea what it means. They should make one for Woosh Kevin. It's just for the president of the school, that's pretty much all I know. When we make a free throw, then they, they, they point over at the uh, president and he maybe gives a wave or something. Is it the first free throw after in the second half? I've grown up going to BYU games, BYU games and they're always saying Woosh something, but now Woosh Kevin, I'm guessing it's Kevin Worthen. It's all making sense now. Whoosh, Kevin after every free throw. Well, now I know. I had no idea. Whoosh, Kevin is uh, when we hit free throws. Kevin's the GOAT, so we got to show him love. That's all I know. We'll keep making free throws, and we can keep going. Whoosh, Kevin. (laughs) 
Kevin's the goat. He's also the president. Yeah, he is that's Kevin J. Right. Worthen. That's really yes. good. Yeah, that, that's, that's the education for everyone out there. It is Woosh Kevin. It did grow from Woosh Cecil, and uh, Kevin stuck with the tradition of giving it back to the student body. Our yeah. uh, student section is unbelievable. They are. They have somebody, so I don't know if it's one student or if they hand it out, but someone's got a sign that keeps account of all the opponent's free throws that have been missed during the season. It's genius. And, and seriously, sometimes I can't look down that direction towards the student section when the opposing team's shooting because I start to get dizzy with all these circles <laughs> going around. It's fantastic. It's, it's, the always free throw defense has been pretty solid in the second half of games at home so over the awesome. years. Good stuff. Uh, no whooshing this week uh, because BYU is uh, on the road uh, for the second and third games in a three-game road swing. And it opens up in Stockton. Damon Stoudemire has gotten the Tigers playing really well. Kind of surprised to actually see that well, there are 15 wins, right? It's the first time Damon's gotten the 15 in the season with still a lot of basketball left to play. Mighty Mouse. Yeah. I mean, one of the great point guards in the history of the NBA. And we grew up together. We actually grew up playing, competing against each other. And uh, and he's, he's, he's a dear friend, and he's having a great year. Um, and he's doing an unbelievable job with this team. They are 15-6, and six, as you see there. And they're part of that uh, five-way tie for second place in the WCC. Anytime you, you beat St. Mary's, you open some eyes. They did that already in that four-overtime game. Yeah, in un- unbelievably dramatic fashion. And his team is just all about toughness and grit. And you know, if, if, if you're at home and you watch the game and you just want to keep track of the 50-50 balls, the balls that are up for grabs, deflected balls or, or tipped balls that see who comes up with them, it's probably going to be a measure of who wins the game is whoever wins that part of the game because that's how they play. They're tough and physical and fight. It's going to be awesome. I mean, it's, it's going to be a great basketball game. Great contrast. BYU, three-point reliant, not really free-throw reliant. Pacific, not very three-point reliant, very free-throw reliant. Yeah, they punish the rim. I mean, they, 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 are, they are relentless getting downhill. Jalil Tripp, who's averaging 23 points a game in conference now, uh, he's just a beast getting downhill. He's a four-man. He, he starts at the four for them, and he's actually getting most of the ball screens. 23% of his possessions are ball screen, ball handler possessions. You don't see that from four men very often, and, he, and he's completely committed to finding a way to get downhill. Uh, and so it, he's a real challenge, and they got their point guard back. I assume he'll start this game, and uh, you know he basically won them the game at UNLV this year. It's a good roster and physical, and they play hard, and, and it's going to be a great contest. Jalil Tripp playing like a first-teamer. He's top ten in scoring, assists, rebounds. He can do it all. All right, from the Central Valley to the city by the bay, we'll go from Stockton to San Francisco. Uh, for the Saturday showdown with the Dons. First things first, and that is Stockton on Thursday, but you will get a look at Coach Golden's team on Saturday afternoon. Quick turnaround with the afternoon game. Yeah, it's, it's a really quick turnaround and two really, really hard gyms. Uh, this War Memorial is a, is a great gym with way more history than most people know about. It's got so much history in that gym, and, and uh, the program has been on the rise for, for the last several years, and it's going to be a big-time challenge. Anything that stands out uh, from their style of play? Well, they, they have great size uh, inside. Uh, they're really physical. Um, you know, their their coach, their new coach, uh, is a is a Randy Bennett disciple, uh, and so there's a lot of familiarity between the styles of play. Uh, but he's also, you know, he's also incorporated some of his own stuff. So. Uh, it, it's going to be really fun. Both these games are, are going to be high-level basketball games. BYU had not lost a game at War Memorial Gymnasium since joining the WCC until last year, and that was part of a sweep for the Dons. It's an interesting stat because I was here uh, five years ago as an assistant coach for a four-year period, right. and even though we never lost there, every oh, single game was tough, man. They were, you go into that gym, yeah. and it is so hard. 
And um, so you know, it's, it's always a battle down there. I remember the games you were here for, they were high scoring. They were up and down. The place got loud. They're right on top of you. They were always, you may have won, but you didn't feel like it was a cakewalk by any stretch. No. In fact, we had one game where Matt Carlino absolutely lost his mind. Uh, and I don't know, well, for 34, 36, yeah, in the something. 30s, yeah, and, yeah. and just became a little video game player, and we barely won the game because yeah. he went off like that. So. Uh, this is this is great. Um, you know, it's, I love this conference and I love how competitive it is. And I, I actually, I actually, these these uh, venues have have some history and, and are enduring, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Okay, great week ahead. Uh, women's basketball has got a great weekend ahead too. Fresh off a of back-to-back road wins, the women's basketball team looking to defend home court. You got Kaylee Smiler and the Cougs hosting San Francisco in a Thursday matinee. That'll be one Eastern. On BYU TV. BYU fans, you can have your groceries waiting to be picked up or better yet, dropped off at your front door. You can do it online at smithsfoodanddrug.com or on their app on your phone. Download the Smith's app and save time. Shop online. All right, after our break, we go inside the numbers and present a new Deep Blue feature on Chris Burgess. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Time for our look at Cougars and the Pros, Jimmer Fredette. Playing for Panathinaikos, Elijah Bryant for Maccabi Tel Aviv over in Israel. And on the G League, you've got both Kyle Collinsworth for the Stars and Eric Mika playing for the Stockton Kings. I wonder if uh, the Kings are on the road or at home. Maybe we'll see Eric Mika in the building on, uh, really fun. on Thursday night. But we'll be in Stockton. Eric, uh, it, you better come to the game, man. If you're around. Eric Mika, you better <laughs> come to the game. <laughs> He's calling you out. In BYU's Saturday setback in Spokane, uh, the Cougs still managed to shoot 51% at the kennel. Wow, the Zags had to be even better to beat BYU, underscoring the fact that BYU and Gonzaga are two of the best offensive teams in college basketball. Let's go inside the numbers now, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, to see just how good BYU and, for that matter, Gonzaga have been. So you see BYU's categories and their rankings there on the right in those very important offensive categories. Efficiency, effective field goal percentage, two- and three-point percentage. BYU and Gonzaga are the only two teams in all Division I, Mark, that are in the top 20 in all four of those categories and had to play them on Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's, it, they're really impressive because they can score in so many ways. And, 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 and in some ways, they approach the game where they're like, hey, guess what? You know exactly what we're going to do, and you got no chance of stopping it. And really, they do approach the game that way in, in some parts of the game. And... And, and uh, nobody's been able to figure it out yet. But you're right there with them. Uh, what, what would you say you're most proud of in your first year of having this offense look the way it does right now? Well, I, I, I'm proud of the spans of time when, when our guys are really making plays for each other. Um, I'm, I'm proud of the times when the ball is moving. I'm proud of guys' commitments to cutting and passing and, and playing the pop rule and all the things we talk about. Um, and most importantly, I'm proud of the willingness of our guys to set aside their agendas as much as they can to kind of compete for the team. 
it's interesting when you do that, even though it takes so much trust, that's when you are rewarded as an individual. And we've seen that happen over and over and over again with these guys. And the reason why that's great is because now we have this template of all these stories to tell the next guys to prove to them that you actually get rewarded for mm-hmm. setting aside your own agendas and to help them believe because it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a process of growing in belief that helps you become a great basketball player. So the game pays you back. Yes, it does. A few weeks ago on this show, we visited with assistant coach Chris Burgess, who has strong family ties to BYU, but is now part of the BYU family officially for the first time. To get an even closer look at Chris, we bring you this week's edition of Deep Blue. We all know Coach Burgess was the number one recruited athlete in all of high school basketball, but he's not even the best athlete in his own family. His wife, Lisa humbles him every single morning at CrossFit. She crushes him. And his daughter, KJ, is one of the top volleyball players in the entire country. And she's still only a sophomore in high school. That keeps Coach Burgess humble. I love basketball. Started at a young age, watching my dad play. I didn't play basketball because I was 6'11". I played basketball because I loved the game. And then I became 6'11". You know, I I just love the flow of the game, the pace of the game, the energy of the game, and the energy of the crowd. That's why I love this game. I've known who Chris is, like many basketball fans and in the sports world, by nature of his great career playing college basketball, professional basketball, and it started as a high school basketball player when he was being recruited as the number one basketball player in America. Out of high school, my final two schools were Duke and uh, BYU. 1995, 1996, I was working for the Salt Lake Tribune as a college basketball writer. And I knew that Chris Burgess was a highly acclaimed LDS player out of Irvine, California. And I knew that BYU needed to land him. If they didn't land him, it was going to be a big blow. BYU being coached by uh, Roger Reed and he recruited me really hard and had a great relationship with him and his staff. And uh, ultimately it chose Duke. So afterward, we were doing interviews with him, and it was me and two other reporters. And I waited until those two reporters were done asking Chris all the questions. And then I was right there, and I said, Chris, when you told Roger Reed that you were going to go to Duke, how'd it go today? And that's when Chris, to his credit, said the truth that it was very difficult. And Roger was upset, and Roger said that Chris was going to let down nine million members of the LDS church by choosing Duke. For him to be somehow blamed was never the case, and for him to ever be castigated in our home or with with my father as the coach, I mean, he has nothing but love and care and and great concern for Chris. So it was kind of an interesting thing, for sure. You have to understand BYU is a recruiting disadvantage. It's hard to get kids to want to go to BYU, particularly if you're not LDS. So one of the selling points that Roger had was the fact that this is your church school. Your church school needs you. Look at all the positive publicity because Chris Burgess was a highly acclaimed high school star. And so Roger's thought, and I can see where he's coming from, is you come here, you're gonna do wonders for the basketball program, you're going to do wonders for the LDS church. There's just an enormous amount of subtext that people should understand with Chris and the pressure that was put upon Chris, both internally with his own family and externally with a very passionate fan base at BYU who were hoping to see the number one basketball player in America go there. And I think Roger responded just out of his heart and his competitive spirit. And unfortunately for him, it blew up. 
Being back here at BYU as an assistant coach, coming full circle, there's so much good came out of it, right? There's a lot of closure with the relationships I now have, not just with Coach Reed, but also with his sons. We now joke about kind of what went down back in 1996. There's so much love between their family that that situation that kind of went on doesn't, even, doesn't bother anyone anymore. We're just, we're just happy with how everything came about. When playing the game of basketball, just in life, there's a lot of adversity. Um, you, you can't make everyone happy. Things didn't work out at Duke that I had hoped uh, individually, collectively, they were fantastic. You know, got to go to a Final Four, and, and a lot of good came out of me transferring to University of Utah because, you know, I had a great career there. I met my wife there at the U. You know, and then being cut by the Suns my rookie year, you know, I was able to uh, persevere and go play overseas and, and do well and see the world on, a, on another team and another club paying for my family and I to be out there. I don't think I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew that when we got serious in our relationship and I, I knew that he was gonna play in one way or another, I knew that we would be traveling at some point. But I didn't know it was gonna be all over the world. Obviously, neither did he. Living overseas for 11 straight years, right? 10 months at a time, you get to see, see the world. I mean, I saw places from Istanbul to Dubai and Abu Dhabi to Seoul, Korea. In terms of adversity and pushing through it, I'm glad the way my career turned out because I am where I am today, both professionally here as, a, as an assistant coach at BYU, but also with my family. From the beginning of Chris's career, we kind of made a promise to each other that we would stay together. A lot of players overseas don't do that. You know, the guy goes over and does his thing and the wife just stays, raises the kids at home. It's easier. My wife was seven months pregnant with our third child and we lived in a small city three hours outside Istanbul where my wife ended up giving birth in a small village. I didn't have any pain medication or any of that stuff. So it was painful and it was crazy. After the delivery, she had to get a tetanus shot because all the equipment was sterile. But it all ended up being okay. But I was just so furious that they didn't have a baby scale because I wanted to know how much my baby weighed. <laughs> and eventually they brought out a bathroom scale and had me stand on the bathroom scale. And then they handed me Ava and was like, okay, ooch kilogram. <laughs> so we still don't know exactly how much she weighed, but ooch kilogram, that's how much she weighed. Coach Burgess is one of the great uh, up-and-coming coaches in college basketball. Just somebody that, that, that has a great attitude every day and somebody that, you know, everyone kind of wants to be around. He's also a really good basketball player still. He can really shoot the ball. He's got a better office than me right now because he made more shots than me. He doesn't forget what it's like to be a player, even as a high schooler. You can ask him what the score was of his, like a random game and he'll tell you the score and who scored what and this 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 there is not a player in america that will experience anything that coach burgess hasn't experienced himself one time or another in his basketball career and so in that sense and many others he's an extraordinary coach and we're lucky to have him here at byu yes. Yeah, we can tell how fortunate you feel to have him be part of your staff. Yeah, yeah. these deep blues are amazing, Look aren't good, they? Aren't they? Like, yeah. I'm watching, I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Chris is really blessed. Uh, his family is extraordinary. His wife is just uh, is, is, an, uh, is an amazing person. And the things that they've experienced together, um, I wish everybody could sit down and have dinner with them for a couple hours just to hear the stories because they're, they're uh, extraordinary and surprising and shocking and wonderful. 
Okay, a couple of uh, player follow-ups. It was uh, last week. We had uh, we had the Zach Selyus Deep Blue last week, and uh, and he and his wife Kate have announced just since that Deep Blue that they're expecting their first child. So congratulations to the Selyus family. And, uh, and then you got T.J. Haas and his wife Lauren are expecting now their first child very soon, That's right. like within weeks, if not days. We're just hoping it, it's planned in such a way that. Uh, you know, it's not like game night and TJ's got to go, you know. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's just adding to the kind of all the swirling dimensions of the season. Yeah. Uh, clearly the most important part of it, but it's pretty special. Uh, these great young people, um, you know, having a chance to start families is pretty awesome. Okay, let's head break. Let's go uh, tell you that up next we'll be visiting in studio with sophomore big man Colby Lee. Colby is coming up right after this. There's Colby in the chair. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. It's an opening beneath the basket. Oh, the handoff to Kobe Lee! Beautifully done. Toulson hands to Lee. Lee will try the three and score it! Kobe Lee! He is on fire! He's having the game of his life. All right, with Yoli Child sideline for now 13 of BYU's 20 games so far, a lot has been asked of our special guest on tonight's show, and a lot has been delivered in response by the sophomore center from Suburban Boise. Please welcome into Studio C, Colby Lee. So, a check in the WCC stats in conference play. There's a guy leading the league, Coach Pope, in field goal percentage at 74.2%. This guy can't be 75. He's not even 75 percent, Greg. <laughs> I mean, Cole, come on, baby. Let's go, man. I know. I'll get it up next game. I got you. Can, can we just talk about it's hard being a college student, okay? I agree. My guy's walking around. Is this a is this a iWatch? Eye, eye yeah, Apple Watch. Is it Apple Watch? Yeah. And the screen is busted. <laughs> Someday, my friend. I know. <laughs> hey, I'll make the big bucks like you one day. There we go. You are in a pretty good groove right now, uh, shooting the ball. Uh, is, is that a thing? I mean, can you be, uh, you know, if, if, if there's guys, you know, who uh, you know, see the hoop get a little bigger at certain times, are you kind of in that spot right now? <laughs> uh, you know, my teammates do a great job of feeding me, getting me open. Um, A.B., Jake, T.J., they always draw two guys and make my job super simple. I just throw it up and it goes in. So, no, I mean, I feel like – we practice the same shots every single day, so we practice them, and we act like they're game shots when we practice. So, you know, when we get in the game, it doesn't feel different. He's a pretty humble dude. He's, he's really humble, but the thing is, is like, I don't think he thinks he's going to miss. I think he's going to shoot 75% for his whole career, and so does he, because he's, so, he's just so smart about the shots he takes, and they're exactly the shots he practices every single day, and I mean... I, I do. I think, he, I think that's the player he is. I think that's what he's going to be. It doesn't mean he's not going to have a night where things don't work out exactly right, but the way he's prepared himself and prepares himself every day, he's going to continue to be an incredibly consistent player. Things did work out exactly right against San Diego uh, last Thursday night. Career-high 21 points for you. And I think we, I think we talked to you post-game, and, and you weren't necessarily totally zeroed in on the fact that you hadn't missed a shot, but you, you officially went 8-for-8 eight eight on the night. Yeah. I didn't even realize I went 8-for-8 eight eight until... Someone told me after the game, like, oh, you went eight for eight. I was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I just, like I said, I just put it up there and it goes in. So, did you see Rich 
jump on that last clip. You just see his feet. He's going crazy on the sideline. Yeah, well, by the way, Rich, yeah, there you go. There's some more. <laughs> we have some more from Rich coming up later in the show on, on his celebrations, by the way. Uh, how, uh, how important has validation been for you, not just from Coach Pope, but, but from other coaches on the staff? How much is feedback on a day-to-day basis helping you improve in your game? I mean, it's huge. These guys do an amazing job every single day. You know, Burgess has been big time. You know, I heard great things coming in when these when the guys first got here about how much of you know players, coaches these guys are, and how how much like Burgess develops big guys. And now I can you know understand that more now that he's here, just because. I mean, well, example, I, I'm I'm doing it. So um, now every single day he works with us and. You know, if we're doing something wrong, he corrects us, and then you work on it. If you're doing something right, he praises you, and then you keep doing it. So, and like I said, we keep practicing the same things every single day so that we get better and better at it, and it becomes habit. What's one of the first things Coach Burgess told you that he wanted to see you do when he got here, when you got together? Um, he kind of, he was very complimentary. He said, you have, you have a good package. Um, we just want to fine-tune some different things. But probably the first thing we learned was the big shoulder. So a lot of people, you know, I keep going right. I demand middle every single time. That was probably the first thing that we, we went over to demand middle and use the big shoulder to get off the right hook. Big shoulder, Coach Pope. Big shoulder. Tell us about the big shoulder. It's really important. It's, it's, a, it's a fundamental of, of, of what we do, and, and uh, it's a way to create space where you can be confident that you can actually get a shot up to the rim every single time. There's no guessing and no hoping. And, and uh, you need stubborn players to actually – uh, not get bored and be committed to doing it. And Kobe is both stubborn and he doesn't get bored easily. So he's like the perfect, yeah. the perfect guy in terms of executing it. And, he's, and that's just one of a, a whole host of things that he's, he's doing terrific right now. Colb, no one gets to choose their own nickname, uh, but you've got a few. What do you get called most frequently by the guys? Uh, well, ever since I was a freshman in high school, uh, Big Colb has kind of been my nickname. So that's the most frequently used by the guys. Connor's the one that calls me Big Idaho because, you know, he's from Idaho. <laughs> so, and I call him Little Idaho sometimes. <laughs> um, and then Quickie Monster, that's Jake's, that's Jake's, tw- that's, th- that's his thing. And that's just because, you know, my quick shot. Um, and then I got called today by a reporter Big potato or something? I just the laughed. big potato. And I was like, <laughs> the no big potato. Ever me that. <laughs> that does not <laughs> exist. I haven't heard that. I was like, that is all changing tonight, baby. It is the uh, big potato. I was like, yeah, what is that? No. You're hoping it's not after tonight, I'm right? It's not big yeah. potato. No. Okay, we've, uh, Greg, we've had we've had um, uh, we've had a few um, moments in practices and games uh, that were less than comfortable. With with Kobe's shots choice of shot selection at the rim, would you agree with that? <laughs> well, yeah, I remember those conversations. Yeah. So so what's been really fun is that in, and Kobe's totally bought into the deal. Like he's he's acquiesced and just decided that he's willing to make every shot and be <laughs> unchallenged at the rim, which has been beautiful. But that's a good agreement, by the way. But yeah. the entire team now, because we all lived through those moments, those un- uncomfortable moments together, the an- entire team takes just as much joy as Kobe does when he just catches it and just puts it in the basket and runs down the court, and <laughs> it was just that easy. It's just that easy every time. It's really fantastic. Cole, before we wrap things up with you, I, I want a quick shout-out to Mom uh, from back in the day. I think we have a picture of your mom 
uh, playing hoops for Utah State. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a throwback right there. <laughs> I can tell, I can tell those, those are the, the Spectrum fro. seats, I think. Well, I'm rocking the fro right there. <laughs> she, she, was she, was she uh, someone that would play with you in, in the driveway and things like that, too? Or? Oh, she used to give me baskets. <laughs> she, oh. My mom was, yeah, she, she got buckets. Um, every time we played, I mean, I mostly played my dad, but no, when she played, oh, yeah, she kicked my butt. I was, I get so frustrated until I got to a certain age that, then she got too old, but no. She um, got you were on the receiving old. end of the big shoulder for a few years, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, no, yeah. She, she's, she's good. She's okay. Good. Uh, life with and without Yoli. You've been through it both ways, and hope, of course, we all hope he gets back as soon as possible. But uh, you've taken it upon yourself to make sure, well, I guess there's, there's not much of a drop-off, right? I mean, from the start of the season, we knew he was going to miss the first nine games. But when we first heard that he was had a suspension for the first nine games, I thought, oh, man. That's more weight on my shoulders, but Burgess came to me and just said, your role doesn't change. You go in and you do your thing, you play hard. And so I was like, you know what? From that point on, I just kind of was just like, he's exactly right. I'm just going to go out there, play hard, and let the rest take care of itself. You'll note the graphic said big Idaho and not big potato. <laughs> okay, so Love it. we'll keep it going. Uh, lastly, uh, huge road weekend. They're all going to be huge, right? But it's, it's a Bay Area road swing. Uh, two teams that are tied with second, tied for second with you guys. They'd be huge wins if you can get them. Your thoughts on going to Stockton and to San Francisco this weekend? Well, you know, Pacific has always in the past given us trouble just because they're so tough at home. Um, and same with San Francisco. They're both super tough at home. Every team in the West Coast Conference is good on, uh, you know, protecting their home floor. So every every week is a big two games. So for us, it's nothing new, but you know, it's a, it's a good challenge for us. Especially, you know, if we want to go two and zero, we have to start with the first one. So that's what we're focused on right now. Cole, great to have you in here. We'll do this again as your career continues. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate All right. it. That is Colby Lee. As we go to break, uh, this week's trivia question presented by the BYU Store. TJ Haas will, on Thursday, tie the BYU record for consecutive games started for a career. But who holds the BYU record for total career games started? We'll tell you right after our final break. Stay with us. All right, trivia question. Who holds the BYU record for total career games started? And the answer here is TJ's brother, Tyler Hawes. And so uh, TJ might have a shot at both the consecutive starts and the total starts, depending on how many games BYU plays this year. Hopefully a lot of games still to come. All right, here's our broadcast schedule again for this week, and it starts with the Cougars traveling to Stockton, BYU at Pacific. Thursday, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, 8 Mountain on Stadium and BYU Radio. Then the Cougars traveling to San Francisco take on the Dons, BYU at USF, and that'll be a 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific time, 3 o'clock Mountain time tip again Saturday afternoon. Check your local listings. Every week, you know, games get played and, well, the unexpected occurs. Sometimes these things are part of the game action, and sometimes these happen more or less behind the scenes. Either way, they always get us asking, what happened? All right. Coach will help take us through these here. This was TJ being TJ and Finn Sullivan. Hello. On skates, some would say. Some would say broken ankles. Some would say all kinds of things. He's had two big-time moves. He had the double crossover step back, too. Uh, he, was, he was really feeling it shooting the ball in this game. and uh, he's, he's a tough guard. He's really hard to stay in front of. All right, a very low offensive efficiency on the bouquet shots here at halftime. We have an 0 for 3 on the bouquet, Haas. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know what was happening there, actually. <laughs> 
You were in the locker room. Uh, this is kind of the Richard Harward uh, segment here. We're just going to kind of watch Rich, and, and he just kind of gets up a lot. I'm going to tell you what, this Richard Harward, so, so Coach Burgess has done an amazing job coaching our bigs every day, and this Richard Harward deserves an unbelievable amount of credit, too. Uh, he's been such a great teammate to our whole team, and especially this Kobe Lee, and he is loving being here, man. He's going to be a really special player here also. All right, wild sequence. Uh, Dalton starts it with a block. Two-handed block. Zach down floor. Now it's touched on the say He's got to have someone else help him out. The shield, the pass beneath. It's another block at the end of it all. It's just like you drew it up, TJ for three. Yes, that's play 72 <laughs> in our playbook. Okay, another crazy sequence. Uh, a half okie doke from Dalton in the layup. Nicely <laughs> oh, done. I'm so happy. Dalton gets stripped, but he makes up for it. That is a 50-50 ball. You win 50-50 balls, you win games. And then we had some haircuts this week. Uh, Alex Barcelo keeping it tight on the side and Zach keeping it tight on the side as well. Uh, the fans in Spokane didn't appreciate Zach's hairstyle so much. Your bullet sucks! <laughs> <laughs> unfazed, unfazed with Zach Selyus right hey, there. You have to be a sophisticated, uh, you have to have sophisticated taste to appreciate Zach right now, which, <laughs> which clearly um, that fan didn't. Uh, and, and the word is, uh, the mustache isn't going anywhere. I like, hope not. This is a keeper. I hope not. I mean, the mustache is fantastic. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, I think it's, it's an identifying feature of Zach this year. It's beautiful. Now, one of your identifying features is you keep it high and tight as well here. Yes, I do. You could grow it long if you wanted to. Like, you've got a full head of hair there. The beautiful thing about this, about this head of hair is I don't ever have to look in the mirror. I don't need a brush. I don't, need I don't have to make a decision. That's one less decision I have to make every day. It's so fantastic. I am with you on that. Unlike you, <laughs> I could not grow a robust full head yeah, of hair like beautiful. you. You got a beautiful head, man. Oh, thank I'm you very much. You, it's amazing. <laughs> That's why I do, one thing I do appreciate is that I feel like we're kind of on a certain level. Even though you're 6'11", I feel like we're on a certain we level are. each week. Come you know? on, we're yeah. brothers. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you made the comment. It was kind of like off the air before the show began. But you said, hey, coming off a loss, great to have you fans in the studio here. It's a good thing, right, to have a BYU fan base that seems to have BYU's back each and every week, right? It is. It's, it's one of the things that makes BYU so incredibly special. And, um, and I'm telling you, as a fan, like riding this deal through the ups and downs is what makes the end of the season so special. And, and, um, and we have a team right now that is fun to follow. Uh, it, it's not hard to to fall in love with these guys. I'm Julian's wrapping you. Julian's getting excited. <laughs> and he's giving me a knowing smile. All right. Good night, folks. Go Cougs. We'll talk to you next week. It's been BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>